0: The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a rune cast that I've done for years, focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. The Weekly Rune is now available in full on Patreon.com. Just do a search for Kelly Harrell to find it. And you can find the archive of all past runecasts on my site, soulintentarts.com. If you're not sure what a half-month is or what the runic calendar is, Listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird or just go read the weekly rune. It's explained fully at the beginning of every rune cast. Thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. To those who send notes and share their experiences of the runes, that's what it's all about and I'm grateful for the engagement. And I also want to thank my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the podcast and the RuneCast possible with their financial support. If you've benefited from the RuneCast, the podcast, or the ton of free articles on the runes, animism, and soul tending on my website, you can show your support through buying my books, which you can find at soulintentarts.com or Amazon, by making a one-time contribution through PayPal or Square, or by contributing regularly through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com and search for Kelly Harrell. You can also subscribe to the paid version of the Weekly Room there, and thank you for it. Before we start, I want to invite you to join me for a free live event that I'll be hosting November 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern, focused on mending the broken path. We're going to talk about what the broken path is, how it got that way, and what we can do to mend it. This is going to be a Zoom event. It will be recorded, but you have to register to get the recording link sent to you. The registration link is on my site soulintentarts.com or you can contact me directly for more information. This week is the big week where transition in the north is concerned. The slide from summer to fall is always fraught. You can call it that thinning veil thing if you like, though in this episode I'm going to talk about two seasonal aspects that I think are the real reasons for that uptick in frenzy, and I'd really love the result of that discussion to be a more informed way of looking at this time of year and a little more elevated dialogue about it. So when you hear that usual seasonal dismissal of phenomenon, oh, it's the witch's new year, the veil's getting thinner, you can say, actually, this is what's happening. Hagalaz is the rune that indicates external change. It's, it's really about nature calamity that maybe we kind of, sort of could have seen coming, but really and truly, we can't change it. The best that we can do is respond and it's curious to me that Hagala's coincides with the dead time, because what that really tells me is that winter is the time of nature calamity, and we better have a plan as a community for how we're going to respond to that. And we're going to talk in this episode about a couple of ways that we are affected collectively by how we approach the dead time. When I say that, I want to be clear that I'm speaking from Northern and Western European traditions on this, and as someone who's lived her life in Northern America. Place matters, right? Our experience of where we stand deeply informs how we move through the world. And I want to be clear in presenting those influences and how I move and hope that for those of you in different places, moving with different influences, this episode can open up some dialogue to have with your relationship to place and time in this season. In those Northern and Western traditions, we're coming up on Samhain via the Celts and Veternat via the Old Norse, Winterna. I always hear people say these observations represented the witch's new year, but there's so much more than that. And yes, I'm taking liberty to speak to both in general terms, which I realize is a big oversimplification. Again, American, not standing in those cultures in the past, but a descendant of them in the southeastern U.S. I feel like it's really important to say that because there's a lot of controversy right now. About Americans trying to reach into European cultures with rose colored glasses, not understanding they're trying to ground into an experience of those lands that happened thousands of years ago. And the impact that has, the act of trying to do that, has on the people who have lived there consistently is a lived thing. So, as I'm saying, these observations of the end of summer and segueing into darkness. Represented that full transition, the, these celebrations, these uh, ritualistic times and festivals. It wasn't like in our calendar where we go to bed and it's one year and the next day it's another year. The current studies. On ancient festivals this time of year was that they likely spanned nights with different focuses throughout their progression and that progression was tied to the local land experience and cosmology of literally moving closer to winter meaning one village to the next it wouldn't have looked the same it, it wouldn't have emphasized the same deities or even in the same way that's all the background bit And my point in bringing that up is to say that this is the witch's new year is reducing it to a simple, woohoo, when there was a significant ritual and lots of shenanigans afoot. What exactly were those rituals and shenanigans? We don't really know. We know they involved Utasita, a nature-based, if not burial mound, time of embodiment with the ancestors and by some by some instruction, the dwarves, in nature. We know some regions recorded wild hunts which serve death-walking purposes. And that's where I want to pick up the conversation and bring it forward. That our northern ancestors, and some southern, used this time of year to engage the ancestors and do death work is not at all an anomaly. We are closer to an experience of death in the dark. And that's why the dead time or the dark time, as I've long called it, is nature's inherent time to do this work. Look around you. Nature is already doing it. Much of how nature functions and displays itself above ground is dying. It's diverting its energetic focus underground to the roots, to the unseen. And so it is the time for us to do the same. The problem, of course, is that we don't know how. We have forgotten death rites. We no longer do them properly. Because we're out of groove with the spiritual significances of our seasons, we've forgotten that's why the utasita. That's why the traditions of leaving offerings to the ancestors. That's why a focused collective emphasis on soothing the unquiet dead with food, treats, and with donning masks to protect ourselves when we do that work? Things don't go bump in the night this time of year because the veil is thinner. They go bump in the night because we no longer approach this time of year as a community to do our collective and personal rituals around death walking the unquiet dead. Nature lets us know that we haven't been doing the work. That, that's the first head shift I'd really like for us to make in how we talk about this season. It, it's like this because we have four, 5,000 years of not doing our death work properly. And you better bet that our ancestors knew the price of not doing that work as a community all year, not just in the dark time. They knew that the unquiet dead take a toll on the living, and not just on us as human spirits, but on our systems, the governing components that humanity has put into place. Don't forget, those are life force too. Also, our emotions, our beliefs, they're all life force. They are all alive with agency, and they are affected by unquiet dead. The unquiet dead tax every life force that touches the living, and it's our job to do that work. It's not the job of our spirit allies. The ancestors knew that the dark time is the native time of death walking. It's the time that nature shows up seasonally as an ally in that work. Saying the veil is thinner now is how people who've lost touch with animism express that they feel this is the season of reconciling our dead. The second thing I want us to understand differently about this season is that it isn't all about bumping the night, stuck dead or not. That's not what it's all about. In the past, when I've blogged and done episodes around the runes of this transition, I've talked about the literal impact of the sun going distant, that this is the last harvest Sabbath. It's the point that your food math better be really good to get through the winter. Our people skills in cold forest quarantine need to be great. We've got to put up with each other in isolation for a long time. And I've talked about how now that we are climate controlled year round, we don't really worry about whether the sun is going to come back. But we've brought those aspects forward. We brought those worries forward in seasonal affective disorder and in not getting to hibernate as the holidays speed towards us. Situate yourself in an animistic mindset, like more than you usually do, because I know y'all are already on that page. But but for this next little bit, come to it in really sharp focus. You're a member of a village you share a common cosmology and rituals with this village, you honor the same nature spirits, and these relationships and tools have been handed down to your village for thousands of years. Yeah, I know that part is really hard to comprehend, but but sit with it. What would that feel like to you? So in your village, you perform a unique duty, and everyone in that village each also performs a unique duty. Nobody else does what you do. And you experience on a literal and spiritual level that the state of the village is the state of the individual. How you are doing is how the village is doing. And the state of the individual is the state of the village. Every person, every duty matters for the whole of the village to be able to take care of everybody. In this animistic culture, that scenario is everyday life. In an animistic culture in winter, it's survival. The system provides for the vulnerable by default. And this way of being was the default. This is why the dark time coincides with the season of giving. This unity, this this village... This uh, ability to have stepped into our collective self such that everything we do, we do knowing it is going to affect everybody in our collective. This unity and distribution of work and benefit is why the old holy days were created. And it's why the modern holidays still exist. We've brought it forward as splurging, extravagance, lists for Santa, and and for God's sake, light, light everywhere. We, We have to light up the dark time. Why is that? Are we not comfortable sitting with it? But the dark time really is the season of leveling the playing field for everyone to have access to resources, even those who can't contribute to the village, even the unquiet dead, even the ancestors. When you look at it that way, when you look at the dark time as the time where we are all at our best with taking care of the whole, the dark time is also the natural time of sacred activism. We're supposed to lift everyone, including ourselves. In the season of shadow, there is no distinction between everyone and self. There's no distinction between shadow and light. So, when you hear somebody talk about this thinning veil season and how they're so much more intuitive right now than all the rest of the year, how do you respond? In knowing this time of year is when we are to collectively work to reconcile our unquiet dead, to honor the ancestors, and to make sure that the most vulnerable are being cared for as well as the most privileged, how do you respond? These aspects of not understanding what nature in season is supporting us to do as a community are components of the broken path. This is all part of being separated from nature and from the wisdom of how we evolve as humans with nature. Join me November 7th. And we'll talk about how some of this is absolutely fixable. It's November 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find information at soulintentarts.com for my free event on Mending the Broken Path. The half-month affirmation for Hagalaz from Runic Book of Days is, Between darkness and light is the wisdom of balance, the embrace of peaceful unknown. And the way that we find peace in the unknown is by doing our duty to community. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or insights about working with the runes in season, or you just want somebody to bounce your ideas off, feel free to email me at kelly, that's K-E-L-L-E-Y, at solentonarts.com. Or you can call in through the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or iPhone. Also check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and various other podcast platforms. And you can learn more about me, Runic Book of Days, and my work by visiting SolentonArts.com or on Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly and this has been What in the Weird.